Hello, and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of different topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me are our co-hosts, Rob, Robbie, and Will. So today, we have a very big episode prepared for you because this past week, there has been a ridiculous amount of Destiny news. Number one, we got the Witch Queen reveal, which was a huge deal. We got the Bungie 30th anniversary thing they talked about. So we're getting a new dungeon. We're getting Gallahorn back. Um, and Season of the Lost actually dropped. And we got a trailer, of course. But the entire thing actually dropped. We're getting new weapons. We're getting new activities. There is so much to talk about in so many different aspects of the game. And we're going to talk about all of it. So getting right into it, let's talk about Witch Queen. So... They dropped a Vidoc sort of thing. They dropped two trailers. I believe there's a story cinematic trailer and a gameplay trailer. And Savathun is finally fully realized. So looks like we're going to be going directly into her throne world. We're getting a raid involved with that. We're getting a six-player match-made activity. There is just so much to get into. So I guess the first thing we can talk about when it comes to this is... uh, Hive Guardians. Does anyone have any thoughts? Just gut reactions to seeing the Hive Guardians in action? So, I mean, in the sense that we're going to end up getting Blade Barraged in PvE now? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, when watching, like, the reveal trailer, which, by the way, was pretty cool. Like, I always like when they do the, like, just the night before, they'll reveal just a real minor, like, little something, uh, like just a sub portion of the teaser and then and then you kind of, and then of course like you had all the people making like reaction videos and trying to break apart everything and like oh what does this mean what does this mean i saw people are like oh it looks like a chessboard and like just some of the crazy stuff that people were trying to kind of like piece together from all of it uh and then when you actually see the trailer and you see these things floating around and i just i assumed that it was like oh we're gonna get some kind of new like hive enemy where there's like some little like flutter beast thing and then it's like and then it very quickly dawns on you that those are ghosts uh or whatever the hive equivalent of a ghost is i think there's a name for them uh and then they start resurrecting these hive and then it's like oh this one's got void it's like holy crap that's uh that's pretty cool so uh and then i i have to say i think my favorite part of the trailer one of the kind of the pre-alpha footage is that scene where you then like you destroy the ghost or you, you destroy the hive and then you just crush the ghost in your hand I was going to uh, mention that. Yeah, that was, was awesome. Was pretty awesome. That was, I think, kind of my favorite part of the whole, you know, I, I think it was neat. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, for that. Yeah. The, 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 it reminds me of Doom, though. Did you play the, the newest ones? The Doom Eternal? and the Yeah, other? where you have, like, kind of the intense, the, like, yeah, finisher where you, like, rip no, someone's eyeball up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you crush it and, like, the animation is so similar, which, actually, it's a good thing. Like, it's a good game, too, you know some ideas from yeah i thought the cinematic trailer looked like especially good maybe that was just me but i've I've felt like it looked better than the past ones just animation quality yeah i would agree with that it looks it looks it looks good i like the color palette too like the green yeah dark green super cool and then like the voice actor for sabbath needs a race or not a race but an award yeah (laughs) We haven't even heard, like heard most of her yet, and she's incredible. So yeah, truth is a funny thing. 
Yeah, she's gonna be good. It was cool to see her in a season of Lost too. She's already getting, you know, dialogue. She had a mm-hmm. whole, whole couple lines of dialogue already, which is neat. Oh, when they um, call actually, her your friend, when they when they tell you to go talk to her, and they're like, "Go talk to your friend." <laughs> she like, like what? I, I, I don't even remember that. That's that's crazy. The whole entire like dropping the season with like it setting up the big reveal, and it drops in the same day as the big reveal. I think is. Really cool. Like I 100% down with that with how they did it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I don't know what you guys saw in the paste bin leaks, but I noticed there were no there was no no Zavala in the cinematic trailer. No mention of him. So that was interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. It was just just an observation. I mean. Yeah. I did hear like people were mentioning it a lot that basically it's kind of funny that you go into the season, you know, expecting the story since the story's been so good. And that reveal kind of already tells you the ending in a way. Because, you know, like we know where we're getting to. We just don't know how we're going to get there. Yeah. The season. But like we know some people are still there, you know, like we know Mara Sov's there. We don't know how she's going to behave at the end. Like what's her role yep. in the whole thing or things like that you know we know sabaton's there uh and right now like things are very different so it kind of in a way it's it spoiled the season a little bit but still so many other questions like the ones you just brought up so i'm, gra- <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up because i was i was kind of thinking the same thing and i i either read or saw something uh they made a comment where we thought kind of the same thing when forsaken was revealed because pretty early on it was like oh by the way kate is dying uh, and everyone kind of assumed that that was going to spoil the whole expansion, but then there ended up being this whole other aspect that we just had no idea until we actually got into the, the expansion. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm tentatively, maybe naively hoping that that's going to be the kind of the same thing. Cause I, I was like, okay, great. We just got, we just interacted with Savathun for the first time. They didn't show her, right? They like kind of cast her shadow to yep. kind of give a sense of size. But then it's like, but an hour ago, we just watched a trailer where we know what she looks like. So <laughs> like, I, I agree in that aspect that things were kind of spoiled and we we have kind of an idea of at least what the the, the context of the opening of the, the next expansion is going to be. But yeah, certainly we don't know the path that gets us there and I'm assuming there's something else that we're not aware of that, really? uh, you know, yeah. we just need yeah. to figure out and see what, what happens. Yeah. I guess for me it was also like, uh, you know, we talked a lot about how this season probably is going to be like the ending for a lot of these seasonal stories, like Sabala's and his ghost, assassination, Cato, all like, you know, all these other things with the crow and all this stuff. But then now it actually feels like we're not going into a conclusion. It feels like we're literally starting over again. Like, like yeah. Whatever happens now is gonna lead to something bigger. So, so that's pretty cool. It's it's a good feeling. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. It definitely it definitely feels like. Unfortunately, we didn't get a whole lot of conclusions on certain things, but now, yeah, it's like we've opened a whole new, like, just Pandora's box of of stuff that's going to happen. Um, so it's a it's an exciting time. It is very exciting. Will, what do you think of Savathun's design? Like just character design, um, pretty sick. Looks like a big moth. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like the crown thing. I mean, the whole entire like the art design of this game has never been something that's, you know nobody questions it because it's always been fantastic. But I think the way they like scaled her and made her look kind of like Orgs, but like definitely different it was perfect and spot on. Yeah, I agree. She she looks pretty cool. Looks also like she has a fancy candle on her head though as well. Yeah, which is neat. <laughs> but not that it's a bad thing. It does I've look always, like Crown of Tempests a little bit. Yeah, I've I've kind of always liked the. And maybe this isn't the right word to use, but hopefully someone listening knows what I'm talking about. Kind of like the gothic style that, yeah. like the yeah. hive have always had is is so yeah. neat, and it's it's very like accentuated with with Sabathun's design. That like, and yeah, the the moth aspect of it too is like unsettling and creepy, and kind of makes me want to watch Silence of the Lambs, but not really. <laughs> um. <laughs> I am looking up a picture of Scar of the Scarlet Keep right now. Kind of looks like the top of Savathun's crown. Yeah, yeah. Just thought of that. Um, we talked about Savathun's oh. voice already because it's. I think I just want to quickly mention is that. So I don't know if this, like this is true, but I heard we're not getting new subclasses. That is correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. At least not. Re- at least not in year five. Okay. Because um, we're getting the rebalance, all yeah, the white ones. There's right? a, okay. Yeah, and that that I think because I I want to say I want to say Joe Blackburn did a Twitch stream like a day or two ago. And that was something that was brought up and asked. Uh, and I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm heavily paraphrasing slash probably remembering it wrong. Let me, let me look up and verify. But basically it, it was the idea of, look, we could either rush out another new subclass and potentially have it have the same problem as stasis where it's like way over tuned for like half a year. Um, or we can try to go back and and do what people have been asking for, and that's kind of like reinvigorate and reinvent the old subclasses. Um, and you know they're going to do it one season at a time, so we're getting void first, um, and then they're going to try to do the fragments and aspects. And there was a there was actually I think it was in the TWAB they kind of talked about the um, how with stasis we had like the shatter, the slow, and like the freeze were like kind of the tenants of of what made stasis and so they're kind of kind of do the same thing where there's going to be kind of three kind of fundamental features that uh that void does where it like suppresses and weakens um and uh annihilates or something like that where basically like if if that thing gets tagged it has a high likelihood of exploding once it takes a certain amount of damage and -hmm. so that's kind of like the tenets that they think sort of make up like the void subclasses um and so they're i I mean it's going to it's almost going to feel like getting a new subclass, I would say, um, because they're 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 keeping a lot of the spirit the same. And they did confirm uh, that they're not going to get rid of like uh, Nova Warp, like they're going to keep that as an option. Um, but they're just expanding a lot more what the subclasses do and like sort of like the certain attributes that come along with a hunter turning invisible. Like, what does that actually kind of mean in terms of like the the, the power fantasy and all of that? So um, I, I think a renewed focus, for lack of a better term. Um, with the new subclasses or with the old subclasses is probably pretty good and healthy. Um, and it makes sense where it's like, look, we can either kind of rush out another subclass um, and try to do this, but then everything's going to be kind of half to bake, half baked, or we can kind of try to focus on the old subclasses and make them good. And then in a future uh, expansion, we'll talk about the next dark subclass, whatever that comes out to be. I'm cool with that. Sounds good yeah. to me. Yeah. It's yeah, like this game is like starting to get its identity right as like a big MMO with the yeah. weapon crafting, the subclass. Re- like I think we're starting to finally see like all these things come full circle and then trying to figure out what 
type game they want to make, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, yeah. Robbie, do you have any thoughts on weapon crafting? Weapon crafting. What do you mean by weapon crafting exactly? Sorry. So they revealed that we are going to be able to at least forge glaives, which are those like first person melee weapons. And I guess we're going to have, you know, the most control over weapons that we've ever had before. And as we play with them, as we, you know, level them up, they'll get better, which I thought was similar to Destiny 1 in the sense where you like got upgrades as you just killed stuff with them. Right. Yeah. So, well, I I guess, yeah, I I remember now that the thing for me is like, I feel like this was like a good balance with the perks of like you get to choose and like you can have the same gun as I do, but then they behave completely different. And it's not the same as, I don't know, back in Halo when everybody just has the same gun. But I'm also scared of it turning into something like Borderlands where it goes like insane and there's so much variety that it's impossible to handle the, you know, like something's going to be insanely broken and something's going to be complete trash. So that that's the thing that would be scary for me. Because then, for example, with Exotics, now that they actually got, well, we have two that have random roles. That was like, uh, well, an exotic for me should be like a legendary that has some lore built into it. So there shouldn't be difference between my exotic and your exotic gone. And now there is. So if they keep going like that and they add too much for it, I would actually be a bit hesitant about, you know, like, I, I don't know. I feel like the way it's now, yeah, maybe they could tweak some things around. But like if they go too much into that, like I... I Kind of like when Call of Duty changed from, you know, having a few things that you can change in a gun, which is kind of where we are now, to like all these, you know, barrels and things and strap on your, on this and that just to make it ADS faster and stuff. And now it's just like a complicated mess of stats. Um, But then in the end, it's kind of funny because everybody ends up using the same thing, you know, just everybody that Hmm. doesn't really understand it goes watch a video and, and ends up building whatever someone told them to build. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So you think it's going to overcomplicate things? I think it could. I think it could. And that's, for me, for example, Borderlands is the perfect thing to compare it to because that's one thing I, like, I love Borderlands 1. I, I like 2, but then it, it got so messy. It got way too messy for me. Okay. Robbie or Will, do you guys have counterpoints or do you agree with them? Or? Um, um, go for it, Will. I was going to say, like, seven years of this game there's always something that's not good and there's always something that people are going to gravitate towards more so i think like and that hold you back from getting a whole entire new weapon crafting thing that we've never had before i mean like that's that's part of destiny right that's part of leader shooter is you get stuff that's good and get stuff that's bad i I don't know i just it's kind of like whole point of the game is finding what's good and like what you like yeah i get that but what about the time though like and i think this is something we always you know touch on and it's like people who, I don't know, when the season came out, I streamed for 13 hours. I, I went hard on it. Uh, hmm. There's people who can't do that. And like even me that plays a lot, I, I you know have trouble sometimes getting the roles I want already. And I have to farm it for weeks and weeks. And now imagine if you had to farm it and then you actually had to use it and use it to upgrade it. Now, again, I don't know how it's going to work, but it just feels like a system that might also um, not be as beneficial for people who are not, as you know invested into the game like more casual players 
things like that. So that's also something that I would be concerned about. Okay. I mean, like weapon crafting would take the whole entire RNG aspect out of it. So you can actually like have more of a better um, grind I, per se to get what you want. But yeah, we'll just have to see how it works. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, if, I mean, I, I don't think I, I'm all for it. I think I think adding more mechanics and interesting things into the game to, you know, what are it's, it? It boils down to what are the interesting ways you can blow the head off an alien? Um, and that's that's why I keep playing this game. Uh, and so anytime that you have something like this, where it just adds some additional level of like customization and something fun, I think it's good. Um, I have kind of interpreted it as like, yeah, just the more time you put into it, the more you're benefited and rewarded for it. Because, yeah, it kind of sounds like the more you use certain weapons, then you get more whatever, you know, it, it is the currency or the energy or whatever it is to to kind of expand on what you can customize. Um, but I don't think that it'll ultimately take away from a casual player um, who will still be able to craft these things. It's just more like, yeah, if you want to invest more and more time, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to head any more towards a, the more you play, the better off you'll be more than it already is right now, if that makes sense. Um, I, and I, I, I agree also, Robbie, that there is a potential that something like this could make it overly complicated. And then you end up not using, I mean, look at, I mean, we've talked about like the, the charge with light mods and like the war mind cell mods, like most people don't even bother investing in and in playing with most of them. You just do burning cells and global reach, uh, and then kind of move on with your day because anything other than that maybe gets too complicated and you don't feel like, you know, up, upgrading all of your, your armor just to be able to have all the right, like elemental, uh, configurations to, to do all of these mods. Uh, and it definitely ends up just being like, yeah, you watch a video of like, okay, what are like the three or four that I need to put on to actually make this like a, a half decent build. And that might end up being the case. Um, but there might also be another level where you can, if you feel like investing the time and nerding out on it, uh, that you're rewarded thusly. So I think, I think it's all a positive and I think, I think, I think they've probably thought a lot about all the different things that they've tried in the past. I mean, even when we had um, House of Wolves, we had weapon re-rolling uh, as yeah, an option. In the, and, that, yeah. and that was that was obviously not the best uh, situation because they immediately got rid of it by the time that the Taken King came out. Um, but they've they've obviously tried with a lot of different things of like having more deterministic ways to get perks um and and have a sense of this weapon is unique to me and because of the time and investment that i've put into it and right now it's manifested itself in the terms of like you have a kill count with that weapon and i think that that's a really cool way to do that um because it's unique to me and i feel special about it um but i i look at this as just another way to feel special with the weapons that you have and the time you've put into it I know yeah, that was a really, really long yeah, way. I don't mean thing. to say to sound like I'm like I don't want it because it does sound good and I'm happy it's coming. I just feel like I I guess I don't know how it's gonna work, but if it's something similar like that, because what I did read about it was like that uh, you can put time into it to, you know, customize the one the gun to whatever you feel like. So if there's a way to let's say uh, if I have already farmed for like my two good perks or if the system is similar to what's now. But then it has like a really terrible, you know, magazine or barrel or something. And I could put time into it to farm a new barrel and, you know, switch it around or improve my magazine to something that I actually want or things like that. Like, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but 
I, I'm happy that it's like, uh, yeah, you know, you, you got this. Now you can make it better for yourself and make it how you want it to be for yourself. But then uh, again, like I, I guess in a way for PvE that makes sense. There sense. I guess I would be more concerned about also PvP, like people who I know some people who only just jump in for Iron Banner and they don't do anything else in the game. They never play anything else basically. So they'll have like this, you know, uh, basic guns. Uh, whereas someone who you know plays a lot, they will have like this amazing guns, even if it's the same gun. So they're already at a bit of a disadvantage. That's the only like bad thing I see about the whole thing. That's fair, and I and I'm I'm sure that that has been taken into consideration that it doesn't break PvP, uh, or maybe it will for a while, and it'll be funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for weapon crafting. Yeah, but um, I also hope they don't entirely remove the RNG aspect out of the game. And I know yeah. I've I've talked about this on a previous episode. I think about exotics or something. Just saying the Pokemon card analogy in the sense that, you know, getting like random drops, there's something very exciting about that. And I hope I hope weapon crafting and RNG drops can coexist. Yes. I hope I hope weapon crafting doesn't like eventually phase out like engrams and stuff like that. Right. And and hopefully that you don't feel like let's say the fate bringer that I've been rocking since last season doesn't feel like it's completely obsoleted by something else that comes along that's like it does all of that and more yeah um, and i and i right. think that that's kind of an important thing that they have to consider and that i think was kind of one of the problems and i i've never actually dove into this but i i i've kind of read enough and, and speculated that that's kind of why they got rid of the 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 re-rolling ability during um house of wolves because it basically you know besides a few of the raid weapons because they had like the elemental uh, aspect to that in the kinetic slot i mean that's uh, we're going way way back of of kind of an old old style um but besides that there was only a handful of weapons that had like the ideal perks that you wanted like you could re-roll a fell winters until you got shot package um and then and then it was like you were done uh and so it kind of kind of got rid of the aspect of uh, actually pursuing random rolls because it's like well i don't need anything else i've got this shotgun i'm good to go uh, and so mm. I think I think the important part will always to be have uh, some kind of RNG aspect, uh, albeit for like the whatever the the customization things that you put on that crafting. There has to be still some kind of RNG aspect to it, so that it doesn't completely um, kill the chase. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because then it's yeah, like yeah. you're going to get the one thing and then you're done, and yeah. that's not that's not healthy for engagement. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think they're going to apply this to the old ones? Because I know, like, one time I remember I, I was playing with a friend and he put on this old armor and it was, like, before Armor 2.0. <laughs> and I've never seen one of those in-game, but he still has it. Like, I think we were doing Garden of Salvation. Mm -hmm. So they never updated his older stuff to to Armor 2.0. And I, he, he just still has it. I, I mean, yeah, I do too. I still have all my old Armor 1.0 stuff because... Or not all of them, but I have a good chunk of them because some of them have like good stats on there, and some of them have interesting mods that like I'll you know never get in the new system. And right, they have been sunsetted, but they're still eleven hundred, so they still work for Last Wish, Garden, Prophecy, etc. It couldn't didn't Scavenger used to exist on class items? I think right. Um, it was either class items or it was yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I think Finder it, it, was yeah. helmets. 
Yeah, exactly. So you had you had different different armor mods that than what we have now. And yeah, they were on interesting slots. That was also didn't we also have the uh the mods or the 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 mods that were like you get more super energy with like shotgun kills and PVP like that those stuff like that that was like totally broken. Uh, <laughs> action. Yeah. I was Delicious. so stupid. Yeah. Well, I hope oh, it don't well, it's it still exists in the sense that I no. Could I hope. I mean, I mean, I hope it. the systems will oh, manage okay. to coexist. Yeah. It, it, and like, I, like I, Rob said, like I, I, I wouldn't want to get rid of my Fate Bringer either, or my Palindrome, or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, to, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I'm sure they've, I'm sure they're thinking about all to make to make sure that you're not obsoleting, you know, eighty percent of the weapons that are out there. Um, and I think they said that they're going to make it an option for some legacy weapons, uh, and it'll be for like the the raid weapons and some of like the the, the expansion weapons and things like that. So it doesn't it, it it didn't say like moving forward all weapons are going to be like this. It's just a select few. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know it it maybe for the sake of just like not having all of your elements and archetypes covered, um, that's a good way to just kind of guarantee that there's utility with all of your older weapons. So. I think I think they've thought about that. Like they wouldn't just blindly throw it out there and then just be like, well, let's see what happens. Like I, I think this one's been probably in the works for a while. True. That's true. Mm-hmm. I I guess makes I trust sense. them. Go ahead, Robbie. No, makes sense. Makes sense. I, I oh, okay. honestly think like, yeah. I mean if they well, you never know. They they'll they'll break something like you say. And it's funny because what you said is also kind of true. Like They'll come up with something and then be like, oops, we knew it was going to break PvP, but, you know, now that we got you all playing, uh, <laughs> we're figuring out how to fix it. <laughs> so so I think so, for some reason, yeah, I feel like a lot of times PvP ends up being the testing grounds for a lot of their, like, you know, more interesting ideas. Interesting is one word for it. Um, to shift topics a little bit, we're still on Witch Queen. But let's talk about the quote-unquote renewed focus on campaign. Apparently, yeah. they're having a legendary campaign mode, which is going to be a harder version of it. And they were getting excited about their campaign. They had the audacity to compare this campaign to things like God of War and Halo. They're like, if you're a fan of God of War and Last of Us or something, I don't know. They named off some you know, big single-player campaigns. And you know, do you guys think that it's going to live up to that kind of comparison uh i I always feel like it's dangerous anytime you try to like hype something up and kind of uh compare things like that um i'm just excited about the prospect of being able to a uh replay the campaign if you want to because that's a that's a huge kind of criticism that i've had about destiny 2 is like i don't like that you you pay for it and then you play through it once or you know, three times with each of your characters, but you can't like, like there's certain missions during uh shadow keep that I really, really liked and it would be fun to go back and play them, but I don't want to have to make a new character just to be able to access those levels. For sure. Um, and so the idea of being able to replay the campaign is awesome, but then also having it where you can actually get like a, let's call it a hard mode um, where you've got like limited revives and maybe harder enemies and additional mechanics or whatever. Uh, that sounds awesome and uh, totally a great reason to go back in and and replay the campaign for additional rewards and for for harder content. I I I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. Will, do you have any thoughts on new campaign? Um, 
I haven't played any of those other games, so I don't really know. Okay. I, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask me next. Um, it's cool. I mean, we'll have, uh, you know, I don't really play the campaign very much. Okay. I kind of play this to get it done, but I'll definitely give it a shot. Okay. Right out. And I'll probably stop. It was, it was really fun hard in now. some of them, honestly. Like, and, and there were, like, like Rob said, there were some stuff you could get. Like, for example, I remember, and this was a bit of a, of a, pain but people i think they data mine it at some point but in halo 3 there was like a part of the campaign in the last mission like right at the end you had to jump through some like hoops in certain order and that would unlock a piece of armor that looked like a samurai with like a sword on the back the hayubasa armor yes yeah, exactly so like th- this is what excites me of them bringing back like this kind of like you know let's do it on her- heroic and let's do it on legendary and stuff like if if because in the end it's still Bungie, right? And they've done this before, and I don't know how many of those guys are still in there, but like uh, some of them are, and, and especially you know some of the guys at the top. So if they can bring some of that excitement back to the campaign and be like, oh, I can go back in into legendary and look for all these like hidden things that Bungie loves to put everywhere, and, and maybe end up with like you know some cosmetic reward, obviously, because I, I don't feel like you know getting a better gun just because i ran the campaign on legendary sounds fair for everybody because again like will said you know some people just run through it just to get through it um but if i can get like you know a cool armor that shows oh you finished the campaign in legendary that's cool you know i'd be happy with that all the easter eggs and stuff yeah i'm looking forward to it a lot yeah i i hope as a story person at the end of the day i just i just hope the story is good i hope the campaign itself is you know has a good story we haven't gotten a good campaign since forsaken and i think forsaken is the only truly good campaign at the end of the day i don't even think that's a controversial statement i just think you know forsaken is the only really good one i hope they make us care what i'm trying to say are you talking about d1 and d2 because i feel like the taken king was a pretty solid campaign campaign was sick i like taken king I like Taken King. I like Taken King. I like the Red War. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't think they compare to Forsaken. I don't know. I thought the Baron Hunt was kind of repetitive. And that's, and that's true. That is true. That's, like that's another you, topic. When you walk into Regicide and like, the door opens. Oh. Yeah, Regicide is pretty red. Uh, I will that's say, though, I will say I'm not disagreeing with like either of you. I think, I think Forsaken had... Also, the other aspect of, of Forsaken is like, okay, you, you, you track down all the barons, and then the last one is, oh, by the way, you have to go to the Dreaming City, and oh, by the way, here's the Dreaming City, have fun. Um, <laughs> I think that aspect of it was definitely kind of an amazing part of that campaign. Um, I guess that's a perfect segue into um, what I wanted to bring up here, is they said Witch Queen is going to have, like, every mission is going to have its own unique identity which is cool, which is much different than the Forsaken campaign when they're like, okay, kill a bunch of Scorn. Right. So I guess they say one of them is going to be like a Storm the Castle type mission and stuff like that, which is cool. That's that's exciting to hear that not every mission is going to be cookie cutter. Right. But they're taking the care to make it good. Right. Well, and that's always been... I don't know how long we want to go into this conversation as a side tangent, but that's always been like the the argument of why the original vanilla d1 campaign was maybe lackluster because you just you went to a place you your ghost scanned something 
and then you survived waves of enemies and then you went to the next level. Uh, so yeah, having a different kind of like theming and, and kind of approach to different, you know, combat encounters and like what it is you're actually trying to accomplish with, with each level or mission, uh, I think has, uh, some value and I think should be quite exciting. So yeah, yeah we'll see. hundred percent. I just don't want it to be like, go here, kill this sake of killing it then go here kill this then like a couple strikes that are in the campaign that's one of my biggest pet peeves when they use strikes as story (laughs) missions yeah so i hope it's just not that see i i are you talking about kind of like with like curse of osiris where they turn the mission into a strike or more mind okay because i actually kind of liked how and i've never really like talked to anyone about this or brought this up I kind of liked how in vanilla D1 where you would do all of the missions on a certain like location, like the Cosmodrome, and then you unlocked the Devil's Lair strike and you didn't have to complete it. You could move on to the moon and kind of continue the story campaign. But you sort of had this, we'll call it like extraneous where it didn't necessarily tie in directly to the campaign, um, but it was sort of like an additional activity that took place on that location that you just spent a bunch of time in. And it's kind of like an expanded, like long duration story mission. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a it's a first person shooter. So the the concept of like going to a location, shooting something and then going to another location and shooting something like I don't know how much you can iterate on that without it feeling somewhat samey. Um, so like, I I don't know, but I agree with That's... you that that turning turning story missions into strikes is maybe not the the smartest approach to developing content, but then it's like when you look at the last couple seasons and we haven't really gotten any new strikes, it's like maybe they should turn <laughs> a couple of these missions into strikes. Just I to... see your point. I see your point. Just like I feel like the only good parts of the campaign is the cutscenes. Everything else in between is just kind of monotonous, at least for me. So true. Well, that's one thing I would look forward with the new, you know, difficulty levels of it. Yeah, like if you can go through it on legendary and it's actually tough, and you actually you know spend time in there and you're paying more attention to everything just because you're forced to, I feel like right. that would help. Yeah, but I don't want to have to play it and to pay attention just because it's hard. Like, give me something good for it. Yes, is more my. I'm sure they have rewards for it. I'm sure they're gonna like give you a reason to play it. Yeah, well, I think that's what they said is that you get like not necessarily. I don't know if they use the word like exclusive loot, but there's you there are rewards for beating it on harder difficulties that'd be cool though like have like one specific drop for every single story mission that's kind of like has the aesthetic of that mission or something oh you mean kind of like how they used to have strike specific loot where the weapons and armor were themed (laughs) around the the boss yeah imagine that (laughs) you know i'm gonna let's let's go on a two second tangent real quick go ahead uh you know the the conversation of d1 versus d2 happens quite frequently on 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 forums and uh it's never going to be settled because it's a completely subjective uh, opinion but that's like the one thing that bothers me that is has been just an outcry from day one of destiny 2 is why don't we have strike specific loot where you have weapons and armor that are aesthetically themed around the boss like that was by far the most like wonderfully well-received thing from destiny one that's just like and they they've sort of remedied it with like the nightfall specific weapons but those are just like legacy weapons like 
why why and then they and they kind of did it for a while because you had like mindbender's ambition and a few of those weapons and then they stopped doing it but everyone loved them people loved barbing for them and it's just like why'd they stop like i don't understand all right my rant's over i guess because <laughs> you know once i got like 50 teal fuses from arms dealer i'm like okay thanks for the glimmer yeah well don't don't do i mean that was that was from a time when we didn't have random rolls and no, I mean the sparrow. Exactly. Know. Yeah. So we don't don't do sparrows. You, you need to do armor and weapons because then they will have random rolls, and there is a reason to continuously farm them. Like in the same vein of why we farm for nightfall weapons, because there's random rolls and they're interesting weapons. Like there's no other scouts besides what's in Vault of Glass that has Firefly other than Hung Jury. That's why people wanted to to farm for that that strike. So it's like take that and then convert it to a weapon that looks like something from the arms dealer. And then you're golden. Like that's why people liked DFA because it was so unique looking and had this sort of aesthetic that, that uh, followed in line from the cabal that you destroyed and people loved it a, because it was a, a half decent like hand cannon, but B because it, it looked cool and it was unique to that strike. Like, I don't know why they can't bring that back. I'm G this man. <laughs> Go fly. <laughs> like I agree with you. And then the funny thing is mindbenders didn't even come from the mindbender. No. <laughs> from Yeah, that always kind of bugged me too. That's true. Guy. Close enough. That shotgun was awesome because it had a bunch <laughs> it of like, so awesome. Yeah. That was the coolest looking shotgun. <laughs> yeah. And there's Forrest <laughs> Least that the the pulse rifle that's uh from the corrupted strike. One. Yeah. Like we didn't, it, we didn't the get pieces that are there. Season. Yeah. We didn't get this back. We didn't no, get that bag. Oh. All right. We will discuss that in season the last. Yeah. Moving on. Um, <laughs> let's see. And you're over. <laughs> Do we have anything else to talk about within Witch Queen? Um, okay. One little thing I wanted to bring up is it, th- this might seem inconsequential to you guys, but in the cinematic trailer, Ikora is hanging out with her little setup she's got going on. She's got her little like murder mystery board with the pins and everything. Yeah. Um, in the background of that, it's kind of interesting. She doesn't look like she's in Savathun's throne world. When they do a uh, wider shot of Ikora and her setup, it mm. looks like she's there. There's like lava and stuff flowing around. I'm not really sure where oh. she is. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know where she might be, but they did mention something about. I mean, maybe it is like the depths of Savathun's throne world, but something interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't know how large the the throne world is. And if you look at a lot of the screenshots, like it looks like there's going to add they're going to add quite a few different environments of like it looks like there's kind of like jungle ish areas and just kind of open fields and looks pretty big. Yeah, I mean, it it looks huge. There's a whole ass pyramid in there. So so and that that might be kind of a cool Mm -hmm. way is like, you know, every time we get a new location that planet kind of feels samey. Like when you're on Europa, everything is just snow laden um, with the exception of going inside some of the buildings. But even then they're all kind of like covered with ice and things like that. And so getting, getting a place that has like four or five different, like kind of different architectural and like aesthetic looks is, is something that I think is kind of neat. Cause then it does help kind of break up the, the quote unquote kind of sameness of, of everything that you might feel. So For sure. um, I, I welcome it. Like kind of the the swamp from like the opening part. Um, I agree. Well, I, I'm I'm kind of like looking back at the trailer now. It's not totally clear if she's in the same location as they are, 
uh, or if there's something else that they haven't. Uh, again, what 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 haven't they told us about with the new expansion that we won't find out until we get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think at this point, not showing all your cards is the best thing that they can do, because holy cow, like the reveal of the Dreaming City when you get there is so like overwhelmingly awesome from Forsaken that for sure, yeah. I, I feel like they kept the showcase pretty nice and short. Yeah, they, they didn't did. show off any. You know, it was all all the cutscenes were like armor from past season so i think that's exactly i think they did that pretty well because there's still a lot of stuff we don't know yep it was smart of them to make a cinematic trailer that is not a cutscene in the game i'm assuming i would think the first one is you think so i mean like maybe like rise you load up game i would think it is but yeah i, I okay. could be completely wrong because sometimes they do like those cinematic trailers where it's not actually a cutscene in the game like um the forsaken trailer for example aging shot with the Go to the light song and everything, and the Shadow Keep intro where Eris is putting like, um, what you call it, like medallions on her guns and stuff. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's, I that's think good it point. Change because if you go look at it on YouTube, it says that it's alpha footage. So, yeah, it's it pre alpha, pre alpha, which is pre alpha footage, yeah, exactly. which is before the alpha, the beta. I don't know how game development works, but that sounds really early. That sounds like that probably was taken last year i'd guess oh yeah that's possible or like early this year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and will you mentioned the the pyramid i just want to talk about this for a second um the pyramid is in the throne world which i find very interesting Um, that's where the new raid's gonna be yeah yeah how how does she have a pyramid in a throne world and also why does her throne world not look like the ascendant plane like everyone else's hive magic I'm I'm interested because I mean, you know, I I would be fine with that explanation, like hive magic, like whatever. Like Savathun's more powerful than anyone else. I get that, but Bungie has a tendency to over-explain. Well, not over-explain, but explain like everything if you dig deep enough. So I'm sure there's like a lore reason behind it. So I'm interested to find out what what's going to happen there. One, one quick thing I just want to touch on. I hope we just don't keep getting deep darkness stuff. I just feel like we haven't really found out what they are, like what they're doing. And I could be very wrong or whatever, but like, I hope at some point we can see what they look like. Yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah. I'm hoping... It's just kind of like, oh, here's a random pyramid. I'm not going to tell you really much. Just go and interact with it. And then there's another one that, you know, I don't know. This is three times. This is three years in a row. We've got a big pyramid for an expansion. Yeah. Don't really find out anything about it. That's a good point. Yeah, you, you can only you can only dangle that carrot for so long before yeah, you kind of like I'm, just show us at least show us like like bro yeah I don't know I hope we get like a new enemy um archetype but like action before the end of the whole entire before that last whatever expansion they announced yeah yeah I, I remember there was like a fake leak a while ago talking about like the veil or something they called oh it. yeah they smelled like dirt and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about the leaks too much, but there's a lot of stuff coming. Okay, well that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. but I just hope we get to see something because I don't really know anything about them. Yeah. We've had two big ships, and now a third one coming. That we really, I hope we find out something. So I agree. At least the new enemy type is going to be vastly different gameplay wise. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, and and aesthetically, like they look different ish enough that it should be exciting sure sure i wasn't expecting a new 
me faction. So because it's kind of high, if we already have that, mm-hmm. I think that that was kind of good for them that they set up like, like this is hive. You know, you're not, you're not going to get a new enemy type. So mm-hmm. which I'm cool with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So for our next topic, we're going to talk um, Bungie's 30th anniversary. So they are adding a new like mini expansion, if you will, to Witch Queen, it seems. And it's going to come with a new dungeon, kind of like a almost a joke dungeon in a way. We're going to go like treasure hunting or something. And I think Galahorn's going to be part of it. I think Xur is going to be part of it or something. And what are we getting? Cosmetics? Think yeah, about a think lot of a lot of cosmetics. So cosmetics, and we're getting a new dungeon. And this is going to cost, I think you guys said $25? I believe so. Let me, let me verify that. Okay, yeah. I so want that, be, I want to be factual here. That is, I don't know, to me, it's a little ridiculous. If we're just getting, what, two armor sets, maybe? Uh, a sparrow, Galahorn, and a dungeon? And I'm sure the dungeon's a lot of fun. I, I don't know if the dungeon is going to be worth $25, though. I don't know if they're banking on people just paying as much as they can for Galahorn, based on everything I've heard about it. That's kind of how it feels. Which is disappointing. In a way, too. Like, I mean, and I know there's been talk since forever about, like, how how they're going to handle it. I don't know, but, like, it's Bungie's anniversary, not Destiny's anniversary, right? So some stuff coming from Marathon, some stuff might be coming from halo if if they can if it's allowed if they've you know figured it out uh so i don't know halo and marathon inspired armor guns uh yeah i'm down for that like that's the thing like i think it's more like i feel like this one is not gonna be like a season thing where you're gonna get besides the dungeon obviously but like a story thing is more like a content patch like here you go access to a bunch of stuff mm-hmm yeah, I think that's what it'll be. And I just wish it was like a free thing, considering it's a celebration as well. Yeah. But so I'm I'm looking at it now. So it is it is twenty four ninety nine or or twenty five bucks. You're kidding. Um me. and it is uh it does include a new dungeon. So I'm this is on the Steam page, so um, you know, take that with a, a grain of salt is it does say a new dungeon, the Gallahorn exotic rocket launcher, new weapons, armor, and much more. So we are getting weapons and armor. Okay. Um, From the dungeon, I, I guess. Yeah. And like, yeah, they're all kind of bungee. Like I like there's the broad sword that's um in tribute to something. And then there's like the marathon shotgun, I think, as well, and a few other things. Um, but yeah, and then we're getting the thorn inspired exotic armor, or not exotic armor, just thorn inspired armor. Um, and then Yalahorn mm. uh, and the the loot dungeon, which I think like the entrance to it is supposed to be the loot cave. From the Cosmodrome, oh, um, really? which is kind of yeah, and and if you look at the the screenshot or the concept art, Zer is standing in that um, kind of off in the corner in that kind of loot dungeon where there's just like a bunch of just crap cluttered on the ground. He's in the oh, hallway. Oh yeah. So, uh, so it is it is twenty five bucks. You are getting you're getting some stuff. I feel like twenty five is pretty steep. It is um, very steep, and I worry. And this is, I mean, this is completely all speculation. Um, I worry what's going to happen is if if Gallahorn comes out and it ends up being like this OP, you know, and I don't think it will be, but if it if it resembles how powerful it was during Destiny 1, 
then are we going to have issues with raids where if you don't have that gun, you are not going to be allowed to play in that raid or that LFG group. Um, and so now you have a paywall for content that doesn't really need to be there because someone didn't feel like paying the $25 to get an exotic rocket launcher. Because really, that's right. like, let's be honest, that's the big thing that people are interested in. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are hardcore Bungie fans that have played Marathon and all these other games that are excited about getting like the shotgun from that game. Yeah. um in there and i think that that's totally cool i think it's neat it's just 25 seems kind of high but to make about it Alhorn an exclusive think about it though when people used to say that, that some of the halo stuff and marathon stuff was going to come back i honestly thought that we were going to be eververse sets and at that point i was prepared to buy all three sets um and from what i see on actually you know on bungie's website they have the 13 hour anniversary thing and one of the things it has is exclusive ornament sets. So it says unlock the marathon-inspired ornament set as well as the 30th anniversary streetwear-inspired ornament set and celebrate with your new looks. They don't mention that one. But if you look at the third one, um, which I thought uh, was going to be the, the Warlock, but it's not. It, it doesn't resemble Marathon. It actually looks the, like the Arbiter from Halo. But not exactly. It, it looks like the Arbiter, but changed to i guess they didn't get their rights or whatever happened i don't know if it's gonna happen or if there's gonna be everbear sets then i would be like incredibly disappointed but if those everbear sets are included in the pack then that'll be what 45 bucks and i'm only paying 25 bucks for the content plus the ornaments so i see what you're saying okay so you're... Point, it seems all right for me okay so if you're if you're saying that all of the cosmetics that theoretically would have been in eververse yeah, I think included in, the pack. in this yeah. bundle. Because the, the bundle does says that it includes three ornament sets to unlock. So there you go. That's like already if, if you know, if they don't have extra Eververse ones, because if they do, then uh, that's going to be like the 45 plus the 25. But if they don't, then, you know, that, that's a good price for the whole thing. Because you're paying for the content, you're play, paying for like what would have been Eververse. So. Okay. I, I, I am. You you have shown me the light, uh, and yeah, I I could see that being justification. But if in addition to this, there's additional cosmetics to purchase in the Eververse store, then I think we're allowed to dump over tables and be yeah yeah. Uh, that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm then, at. then you're but kind of doubling picture, down. Yeah, but when I saw that picture, I thought they were going to be Eververse exclusives, and it seems to be included in the pack. So yeah. As long as that's how it's handled uh, and they don't add more like, oh, but if you want the one that actually looks like this, you have to pay 15 bucks. Right. And yeah, that, that's where I take my you know pitchfork out. But uh, okay. Not, you know what? You, okay. you've, you've made a, a, a strong case for it and you might be right. Um, I, I have a counterpoint. Okay. I'm all for it. I like hearing this. Um, so, yes, you're right that, you know, that makes sense. Normally, if it was part of Eververse, it would be it would cost you know whatever amount of money. But I mean, compare this to a season. I mean, in seasons we get armor sets. We yep. get at least two. We get the seasonal armor set and we get the ornaments for it. And we get everything that comes with the season, and that is all ten bucks. So I would argue that the Eververse armor sets are you know overpriced to begin with, and that you know those armor sets aren't worth all that much money. But it's also content because the dungeon is in there and stuff. Like so, it's I think it's in between. Like the way I have to look at it is it's in between a season pass and an expansion. 
because you're gonna you're gonna get more playable content you're gonna get the exotic you're gonna get all the everburst stuff you know so but it's not like a, a whole expansion like here's a campaign it's just like here's a dungeon and here's some stuff to do um, that's why I've, i feel like priced in between a season and an expansion feels right if it includes the you know the whole set but it has less content than a season yeah significantly and it's 15 dollars more yeah which seems a little like absurd uh, yeah i mean regardless I, if so if these had come out as eververse items like let's say let's say it was 10 dollars for the bundle and all you get is the dungeon and and gallahorn for 10 bucks i would be okay with that uh because i would i don't buy stuff in eververse um i'm i'm one of those guys who will die on that hill that i've never actually purchased silver um so i i would never have actually purchased these things normally so how so do you buy I, the season pass man i always well you buy the deluxe edition and it just comes with all of the season passes oh so yeah all right Good. yeah so i've i've never i i got silver because i pre-ordered forsaken so that's the only time i've ever actually spent silver because it came with like a thousand free silver or something like that uh that's the only time i've ever used silver in the eververse um, so I, I'm, I'm one of those, I really don't like Eververse at the end of the day, but I also am willing to accept that it is what it is. And it's kind of one of those systems that's, it makes the money. They have the right to do it. If I really, really had a fundamental problem with it, then I, I would leave the game. Um, I just don't contribute to it. And if, if this came out and they're like, Hey, for $15, you can buy all these armor sets. I wouldn't buy any of them because I just don't do that. I don't, I don't spend my money, uh, mm. in Eververse. Um, I would gladly pay $10 for a dungeon and uh, an exotic weapon or two. Um, but inflating the price and giving me these ornaments that I probably wouldn't have purchased to begin with. Uh, that's, that's the part where I kind of agree with Scotty, where I'm kind of like, eh, 25 seems a little high for essentially a bunch of ornaments that like they, they, they're basically, it feels this way and I could be dead wrong, but it feels like a, they know a vast majority of people don't want to buy all these ornaments. And so they're kind of baking it into the price to, to force more money out of you. Yeah. Whereas if they had just said, Hey, for 10 mm. more bucks, you can get just the exotic in the dungeon. I think a lot more people like me would have done that and never have spent the, like they're getting 15 more dollars out of me essentially um, for something that I don't care about. Yeah. For something that I never would have purchased to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's how it feels to me. I could be dead wrong, and I'm no, sure I no, I see. Yeah, I see. I see your point. I'm actually a bit uh, because there's they show two different ornament sets for each character, um, and the, the one that is like inspired by the old games, they'll say unlock the ornaments. So maybe they're tied to the dungeon, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I have yeah. no idea. Uh, but if there's actually six ornament sets, um, three like instead of being on the Everburst. Like, yeah, I see your point of like, yeah, I would, I pay 15 bucks more that I wouldn't otherwise have spent. But for me, if I say it the other way, it's like I'm paying 30 bucks less. So. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's, at the end of the day, you're, you're probably averaging out the cost, right? Because there's people like me that would have only spent $10. And then there's people like you that were maybe willing to spend $40. And look, that's $50 that we're splitting the cost now. We're each spending 25. So like, that's, <laughs> that 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 I, genuinely that's kind of like i think what they will say cleverly came up with where they know that they're dangling this carrot of oh you want gallarhorn you're gonna have to pay way more than you probably normally would have and you're getting these ornaments like you're still getting 
something out of it, albeit, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, ornaments, um, you are still getting something at the end of the day. It just, it's a little steep for, I think, when, when you, when, like, when Scotty brought up, you get a whole season for 10 bucks and you get ornaments in that and you get a ton of weapons and exotics typically and, you know, story content for $10. And then it's like two and a half times that cost for some ornaments and one exotic and a raid or a dungeon. Eh, it doesn't quite feel like it equates. Also, mm. Prophecy, I will have everyone reminded of, was free in Season of Arrivals to all players. Right. Well, it was. You're right. I guess You're the right. point for this one is it's going to be like a lot of people are not going to buy it anyway, I think. You know? Actually, I would say as much as we complain about this, I feel like we're all going to buy it. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to buy it. I just, I, I, I mean, yeah, we, we, we have a podcast about Destiny. I think we're all going to buy it. Yeah. yeah but, but, but people, I, I know people who don't even buy like some season passes. You know, they play through the whole thing and they're like, yeah, I don't want to do that activity. I don't care. And uh, yeah, and that's, they're that's fine, fine with that. It's, it's your money. You can spend it however you want. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's just, it feels a little slightly. I don't want to use the word skeevy because that that has like a negative connotation. It just feels a little, a little unnecessarily high for yes. for what it is. But and 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 paywalling Gallahorn behind it is the part that sucks. Yeah. Uh, if it, I think if it, here's the, I, I, if it was I, a new one that you didn't know about, you would be like feel better. Like you feel like I, that yeah. forces people into it anyway. I genuinely think that yeah, because it's 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 gonna it's gonna force a lot of people's hands because it's Gallahorn. I mean like. It's it's Galahorn. Come on, like I it's, think it it's literally the most like important gun in all of Destiny's history. But I think some uh, people might wait, you know, and then once someone like us reviews it or, or or something, and then they're like, "Oh, it's trash," so then they don't buy it, you know. But if yeah, it comes but... out and it's amazing, and, and everybody goes ahead and buys it, and then it gets nerfed, <laughs> and then everybody's gonna be upset. So I, yeah, I don't know how they would have handled that, honestly. I, well, I don't that's know. I think. I mean, I've read some stuff where it's like it maybe would have been better that same with like Hawkmoon. Maybe those two should have stayed in Destiny One and sort of like their their exclusivity and their kind of magical mysticism around them should have maybe stayed. Because I, I think no matter what you're going to you're either you're going to bring it back and it's not going to be great and people are going to be disappointed because hey, they pay 25 bucks for it uh, and and it kind of maybe smashes the legacy of of Galahorn, where it's like, you know, it used to be this amazing, like, epic, mythic weapon uh, from Destiny 1, and now it's like garbage in, in Destiny 2. Or it comes out and it's super overpowered, and then now you have this, like, oh, if you don't have Galahorn, we're not going to let you play in our raid, right? Because it's... So it, it kind of, like, feels like it's an... E you know, and it, maybe it's, like, right in the middle, and it's just as good as a bunch of other exotics, and then that still kind of also ruins the legacy. Like, they're kind of in a bad spot where either it's great uh, and so good that everyone feels like they need to pay the $25 to get it, or it's not good and then everyone's mad that they paid 25 bucks and now there's kind of this tarnished legacy on it. Mm. So I think it's kind of a lose-lose. Well, one thing I must add, and that's because I did it myself, I pre-ordered Witch Queen, which I think most people are going to do. And if you actually pre-order it, you get the pack basically for free. 
Yeah. So, so that's oh, yeah. another way. Like, like if you're, you know, that's true. And, and at least on Xbox, they charge you like when it comes out. So like ten days before it comes out, something like that. So basically, uh, I'm gonna buy Witchwind. That's for sure. So if most people feel like the same way, uh, go ahead and do that. Then you get the pack for free. Um, you know, if you're sure that you're gonna get the expansion when it comes out, so that that might be a way to go as well. Mm, it's not. I mean, it, it's not free. It it takes five bucks off because the the deluxe edition for Witch Queen is eighty, and the Witch Queen deluxe edition plus the thirtieth anniversary is a hundred. So it it takes five bucks off, but you're still paying twenty dollars for the additional, um, the the Bungie thirtieth anniversary. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it, too. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, here's, the, here's the thing. I'm excited for another uh, dungeon. I'm a huge proponent. We've never really talked about this before. I'm a huge fan of three-man activities in this game um, because sometimes it's hard and a pain in the butt to find six people. So anytime you add more... Six uh, competent people. Six competent yeah. people. Thank you. Yes, that is an important caveat to that statement. Yes, six competent people. Um, it it sometimes I just like I don't feel like committing to a whole raid. I like that dungeons are a little bit shorter. They still have interesting mechanics and things to do in the game, and it's a three man activity, so it's easier to find two other reliable people. That's why I've always liked Prison of Elders, um, because I always liked the idea of having an end game three man activity on top of having six man end game activities. Like just the more different types of things and number combinations of people that you can find, the better. So another dungeon, awesome. I will happily pay for that. Um, and yeah, Galahorn coming back. That's awesome. Other cool, neat exotics that are like tributes to other. I I've never really played Myth. Uh, I played Oni uh, and Halo a lot, but I've never really played Myth or uh, or um, a Marathon. But I'm excited to kind of like learn more about those games because of these guns. I think it's all good. Just 25 seems a little a little high. I think that's that's the definitely too much. That's the TLDR. And then the last thing I'll say before we start talking about the new season that dropped is that I really want an Emil from Halo Reach armor set. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Be a little sad. What is it? What set? Emil. You know who Emil is in Halo Reach? Guy with a skull on his face. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, how cool would that be? I think people would say that looks like Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, that uh, there's there's some armor from back in the day that I would love to see come back and uh, definitely. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually happy that they went with the um, arbiter looking one instead of you know trying to do the master chief because that's no, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be happy with that. The marathon set uh, looks great. I, I did play marathon back in the day, and I mean, I guess it was like Doom in in, in that way, um, less gory, uh, more spacey, uh, which is. I think what Bungie has always, you know, strived for, and then they're really good at that. So, yeah, I, I hope some people get interested, kind of like you said, and go check those old games out because the the yeah. story is amazing, and and it it's funny how they all kind of tie together in in the whole Bungie universe. It's it's nice to see it, you know, come back together in in even if it's in cosmetics in this way. Like I can play my fantasy role of. Uh, you know, being space killing monsters. Yeah, sure. So to transition to our next topic, we are talking 
season of The Lost because it just dropped. Woo! It was pretty cool. I mean, my gut reaction is that, I mean, I liked it. I think I think it's going to be neat. I loved, as a story story person, I really loved the cutscene. I thought that was really cool. I love the line where, so Osiris is already, you know, acting really weird. And it was cool to see his body language just completely change. Yeah. Normally he's got, you know, his arms crossed. He's like, oh, I'm Osiris. And then he starts doing like <laughs> wagging his fingers around and it, it was kind of creepy. It was freaky. I think his kinda eyes like, get really wide at one like point. Mocking him. Yeah. Yeah. And then Aldrin comes up. Aldrin walks up. He's like, hey, you know, you can still be forgiven. And then Osiris turns and he's like, careful, I'll hold you to it. And then he steps back and he turns into Sabathun. That yeah. was the coolest moment for me. That was awesome. It was cool that Saint was there. I like yeah. how they're bringing everybody in. You know, this is like the big, you know, Avengers Endgame moment of these seasons is bringing everybody <laughs> from all the seasons in together. And it's, it's going to be cool. Marasov is back. She's got some cool dialogue talking I, about dragons and spears and stuff like that. Yeah. Robbie, you were going to say something. Why well, is it? Is it in that cutscene, or is it at the end? Because you know, like whenever you finish one of the activities, there's like the the dialogue that kind of like ends the activity. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them, Marasov, call she says she says something to Crow like, "Don't worry, my sweetie," or something like that. And he's like, "What did you say?" <laughs> uh, and it's great because the because that was like the thing that I was looking forward to most is like the first time they see each other, and he right. has no idea idea. (laughs) and she and like the look on her face and it's just like it was almost like she wasn't surprised was so good like i i've been i've been looking forward to that moment like the when they when they revealed marasov's coming back and it's like with the crow having such an involvement in this expansion it's like okay what is that going to be like and that was so like it's a it was exactly what I was hoping for, where it was like awkward and vague and bizarre. And then, yeah, with that little dialogue where she calls him like sweetheart <laughs> or something like that. And he's like, what was that? It was so good. So good. That's uh, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I haven't heard that line. That is so awesome. Yeah. Mara, Mara is like her. Uh, when she came back and, and I, it felt like she already had this whole thing going on that we have no idea what she was up to. Right. And she doesn't care about what we've been through because we've just been dealing with small potatoes or something for her. So she's like, here, I brought this thing and we already have a pact and, and now I need you to do this for me. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I felt like in a way that everybody expected her to come and be like, oh, what have you been up to, Guardian? You know, like, you know, can I assist you? And so, no. She's here. <laughs> you know, and she's going to put us to work and she doesn't care. And uh, yeah, I love her attitude. Um, yeah, I love how she, yeah she's she's always got like she she's like Sabathun in the sense that she always is you know up to something that we're not able to comprehend right or at least not willing to she's not willing to disclose to us right and it'll be a battle of two queens I hope we're gonna get like more Mara and Sabathun back and this, forth dialogue yes the story of the two the brother and the sister that they uh, were talking about uh, how it all tied up into those two guys. That was also pretty neat. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the exotic. Is that out yet? I haven't finished that quest. No. It's uh so it's it's uh time gated. So you can do the first part of it where you find like four of those anchors and then it leads you to a thing uh and then you deposit that anchor and you hear a recording. Um and then it's basically crow it's crow before he turned into crow. Uh and he's like 
telling Mari's like, I know you're following me and trying to to figure me out. Uh, and then, yeah, he like tells her a story or something. But yeah, so it's it's time gated. So I assume like next week we'll get another like four anchors that we need to track down. Um, and so it'll it'll kind of progress weekly, um, kind of like how the the the, the main quest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think we, we did the map yesterday and uh, like because the artifact, not the artifact. Uh, well, yeah, the artifact, like it's time gated in the way you can actually upgrade it. Not like last right. season that I basically upgraded the whole tier one uh, right away. Uh, I think we're going to get something on week six and uh, tier two. And then because that unlocks an ability that it, it allows you to go to different places inside that shattered realm or shattered EDC. Right. Um, the true site or whatever. Yeah. yeah true site. Yeah. Because the first one we got, and you can get into some caves and open some chests. And I mean, I guess. Uh, we can talk about that. Uh, it's, it's like the first one, so I, I think there's so much to explore anyway. But yep. um, and the third one is going to be, I think, as far as I, I, we thought, because we did the count of how many levels we were getting and all this stuff. Uh, second tier is going to be week six, and third tier is going to be week ten. Yeah, I'm I'm curious um, what the the progression is, because yeah, it's uh we have six months with this expansion. It's like almost 180 days or something like that. So. I, I kind of hope to a certain degree they draw things out a little bit just to kind of keep us coming back. Um, mm -hmm. But I hope we don't have to wait 12 weeks to kind of find out how this all comes to an end also. Um, but maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. I don't know. I'm guessing that, you know, Mara's plan is actually going to work because they're going to, because she said um, something is vulnerable as soon as they cut the worm out. So right. I'm guessing we're going to cut the worm out and then we go into her throne world and that that's when she's vulnerable. I, I, part of me wants to just like dive in and start tearing through content. But then part of me is like, I have six months to go through this content and I, I really want to enjoy it. Cause it's, it's, it's some of the most exciting stuff we've gotten in a while. Absolutely. I mean, this so, is huge. Yeah. I so, am. Oh, so I was going to say one last thing. I am curious if we are going to get anything else with Aramis this season or oh. if like, like, are we going to get anything that kind of concludes the the Beyond Light kind of initial story, um, or or is it is it just strictly like we're in Sabathun mode and like that's it? Because like, because mm. didn't it even kind of imply at the end of the campaign that she's not necessarily like dead? Yeah, because um, they left yeah. her there. We didn't shatter her. Right. Exactly. So. I, I'm curious if she is, and maybe that's kind of something they're holding on to for in the back pocket is like maybe right before uh, the season ends, like maybe not till like January uh, that we get another kind of story with that too. Like there's, there's so much time and I feel like there's enough kind of unfinished stories that maybe it would be kind of cool to, to get some kind of resolution with that, but maybe not, maybe it is done. Have you guys read the dark future lore book from beyond Light? Is that basically just all the? I, I could be wrong about this. I'm trying to remember. Is that the one where it's just like here's like an alternate scenario of how the war, like the end pans out from like where, what the stranger like sees? Yeah, exactly. And Aramis was a part of that. I'm yeah. curious if they're gonna bring her back before, maybe before like a like a much later season. And I mean, I, I could see a future like splicer sequel, if you will, where Aramis comes back and Mithrax. And the Mithrax Aramis dynamic, perhaps. Mm. I can see that happening post Witch Queen, maybe. We'll see. I like that they left the door open in that one, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
and Varix is still around. I'm sure they'll they'll probably do something with that. Where is Varix, by the way? Where did we leave off with him? He's still in the. Oh, he's on Europa. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he's still a bender. I never talked to him. Still missing his arm. Like... <laughs> he's a bender. We're talking about benders, and this has nothing to do. But uh, season of the Lost Shore. Now, uh, I guess his kids are in college, and he expanded his business to selling us purples. <laughs> yeah, he did. I heard about that. Oh yeah, Zer got a. Yeah, we haven't talked. Yeah, Zer got a huge upgrade. Like he sells let so. So something, it's funny, we talked about this last week on the podcast, how, hey, it would be great if armor there was a way sets. to get old armor sets, and they've yeah. basically, I think, everything's in the loot pool now, which well, is that one, that one was dropping already, so it's nothing Right, new. but... But, but yeah, now, that gives the, the option to, like, uh, you know, maybe Sir comes up with this uh, ornament right. set that you've been expecting for a while. Yeah. Right. So um, what I'm hearing is Bungie listens to our podcast. That's that's the only yeah in, in the, the week explanation only the week between uh, on Monday on Monday when the podcast <laughs> came out and Tuesday when season of the lost dropped they completely restructured the whole loot system <laughs> because we asked for it yeah Luke Smith was like guys before we drop the season we, we have got to put this idea in here these guys are geniuses <laughs> speaking of which did you guys watch that conversation before the Witch Queen reveal with Luke Smith. Yes. Yes, I, I actually wanted to talk about that. I only yeah, watched, yeah. I feel bad. I only watched part of that. Uh, full, full disclosure, I was like half working during the Witch Queen reveal and also <laughs> watching the Witch Queen reveal. But yeah. that part, I was in a call, so I had to like mute it. And it looked like a really, in- like I heard bits and pieces of it and it looked like a really interesting conversation. I have to go back and watch it. It um, really Because I, 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 love, I love that kind of stuff where it's a little more like real uh, and just like, it, it felt like a real conversation between two people, uh, and I, I really want to watch it. So I was just wondering if you guys had, had watched yeah. it yet. Yes, I actually have um, a little spiel I want to go on because I thought this was really cool. Okay. So in the interview, Luke Smith and I think it was, I don't know, the founder of Bungie or something, and they're talking, and Luke Smith says, he's like, hey, I want to like show you something. And he's like, okay. So Luke Smith reaches around, and he grabs a piece of paper, and on it is kind of this like scanned like scribble of something. There's like a black background and there's kind of like an awkward looking oval shape with like a dot at the bottom of it. It's yellow on a black background. And Luke goes, he's like, what is this? He's like, I've always wondered what this is. And he starts laughing. And he's like, yeah, that, uh, I think that drawing had a little, the word Osiris on it. And he's like, I just thought it looked cool. And I thought that was really neat because I just think it speaks to, you know, the core of this game and of video games as a whole, right? Like as much as we talk about, you know, statistics or the intricacies of like the story or whatever, all that is what makes this game great. But at the end of the day, what makes the game good to begin with is that it's just cool. And I think that's like the core of like all of these sorts of video games. It's like, yeah, this is cool. And I think Halo is a great example of that. It's just cool. It's fun. It's neat. You know, it's it's not as deep as some people might want to make it, and yeah. I think that's just very important to remember. The core is that no, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I I still stand by, and I think Scotty, when you were kind of first talking to us, like kind of interviewing us for the podcast, one of the things that I said, like I played this game as a as a great way to like kind of relieve stress, and I I just love blowing up aliens' heads, and like kind of one of those tenants was like the weapon perks like all the way from d1 and you had perks like firefly 
which is still to this day like my favorite perk in any weapon because it just it's such a cool thing that gives this game its identity and I'm, i don't know if there's other games where like if you get a, a, a you know precision kill they explode and then can chain to other enemies like that might be a thing in other games but the way the way bungie just kind of like integrated it in there and they're like I wonder if it started as like, oh, this would just be kind of a cool effect where it's like, like kind of like the the party heads that that cheer in Halo when, when yeah, you get a headshot. Like they've, yeah. they've always done kind of silly things like that, that at the end of the day also make the game satisfying because getting headshots in a game like that on enemies is always just kind of like fun in its own aspect. And it's like the game time and time again has always found new ways to kind of like make that interesting like albeit using a fusion rifle to like vaporize someone or exploding someone or using swords against like a giant boss and like melting it like just kind of that experience that that this game gives you and kind of like and a lot of that i hope stems from like oh this just seems cool like when we were talking about last week how they changed a bunch of the visual effects of the guns and the sound effects because they wanted it to to sound differently it's yeah. like these people care about the product that they're making and like what what they want it to look like and and the experience that they want people like us to have when we're playing it where it's like oh this is so cool this weapon's awesome oh i love how like someone uh i noticed like on the 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 new exotic the lorenz driver whenever you mm -hmm. pick up those little um the lagrangian points or whatever um they the tags actually sit on your rail in front of the gun. So once you get three, like they're all kind of dangling yeah, there, like dangling little trinkets. Yeah. That's and it's cool. like just little stuff like that where someone like they didn't have to do that, but someone was mm -hmm. like, Hey, let's make these little things that you pick up. Oh, by the way, let's indicate to the player how many they have by having them dangling off like that. And then they kind of interact with the physics and all that. And it's like, that is so neat and yeah. so cool. And it's like just the aesthetic and the way they design things and like I hope that like when they're sitting around the table and like, okay, what stupid thing can we come up with this month? And, and how many of them end up making it into the game and end up being like these really great things that are just, you know, give this game so much like a life and identity. Um, and that's why I keep playing. And, and I think that that's cool. Yeah. Like the, the, like them they never lose the, <laughs> yeah. like they have like this childlike creativity to them somehow. Yeah. And uh, just to tie it back in with what you were saying, Scotty, and I know you haven't played a marathon, and this is going to be a huge spoiler, but I mean, come on, it's been almost 30 years. So <laughs> uh, when you finish the last marathon, uh, the ending screen on that game says, it's just a black screen, and there's only three words, and it says, you are destiny. Oh, that's so, cool. So it's that's like they thing. have, they have, the, yeah, they have these things, you know, from like back in the day and they just keep doing what they feel like they want to do, which is what I love about this company. Like, I don't feel like, uh, and again, maybe I shouldn't bring this up, but uh, without mentioning any games, which was, I was about to do, um, going into, oh, now we're going to do a battle royale and now we're going to do this like open world. So you can go here because, you know, this other game did that and it's popular and stuff. No, they just, you know, they do what they do and, and they're good at it. They have like really silly ideas and then they overcomplicated them with a lot of like programming and engineering and then it becomes incredibly fun. And yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that they never resorted to making a battle royale because it was the thing to do at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And they've, they've, yeah, they've always wanted to have, well, it's like Will said, like this game slowly feels like it's, it is slipping into its identity um, and yeah, maybe it's taken 
seven years, which is crazy to think about out loud. Um, but it's it's taken a while, and it and every year we just get little more and more pieces that kind of like add up to this this thing that this end product that we're getting that's always evolving and always changing, but at the same time just feels so cool in terms of like you know what yeah. what what the product is and and the ideas that they have, and then actually kind of putting that into reality and letting us get to kind of play with it and experience. It's always it's always been a treat. Yeah, but I Absolutely. think that time actually speaks for itself. Like, do you think any other game, and especially like talk, talking about Bungie, like they were Bungie back in the day. They they built the whole thing for Microsoft. Without Bungie, there would be no Xbox, you know, pretty much. Right. There would be no console shooter. Like they they were the thing, and they were at the top of the game, and they took a, a gamble on on leaving that and and trying to do their own thing. And yeah, it, it might be seven years, but there's still people playing it. And which other games that have been, you know, like a crazy gamble from a company have stood that test of time right. for so long? So yeah, I think that's, that just speaks, I mean, talking about the 30th anniversary, like seriously props to them, honestly. Uh, I'm I'm so happy that they, that they are who they are and they don't, uh, you know, care too much about following trends and they just bring what Bungie brings. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean... They're just, there are so many reasons why they are my, they're probably my favorite game developer. Even though I've, haven't played their old stuff, just played Halo and Destiny. But, you know, it's, it's clear. It's clear they care about the game. It's clear they have a lot of fun making the game. Right. And designing all this stuff. And, you know, that's so important. And when you're making art for other people is to make art for yourself first, because other people will be bound to love it. If you're enjoying what you're doing, which they clearly do, then other people will. And it continues to work. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially in these difficult times, like the last year, uh, for a lot of companies, uh, you know, working remotely, uh, having to do things slower and everything, they delivered amazing uh, seasons. So, You're yeah. right, they did. But now that we've uh, said Bungie's, you know, the greatest game company in the world, imagine paying <laughs> $25 to go to a birthday party. I mean, I've, I've paid more than that to go to a birthday party. So. Yeah. <laughs> And gotten a less, a lot less out of it. I didn't get a Gallahorn when I went to those. I've been forced to pay way more to attend someone's wedding. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting. You know, actually, it it kind of made me think, and and there might be difficulty getting like licensing, and maybe it would be kind of cool if they actually like put out like a retrospective, like collection, kind of like how like Rare Replay put out like all of their titles basically from like the last 20 years or so starting from some like their old arcade games up and included like Conker's Bad Fur Day and Battletoads and Banjo-Kazooie and it's a collection that you can get on Xbox One uh, cool. and it's pretty awesome because it's like if you've never played some of those games it's kind of fun to see like the progression of the company and like how they've always kind of kept their identity it would be really neat if there was like a collection of like Bungie games because like yeah I've never played Marathon I have played Oni uh, and that one was pretty cool um and uh but yeah i've never played myth uh so it'd be kind of neat if there was like a collection but again like you know microsoft owns like all the halo titles so you can't really play those and, yeah that's and they're already in master, master chief collection, collection. right yeah but, but it's just three four three when you put exactly. it exactly so but it would be yeah. kind of cool like yeah like because i don't even know if you can get like oni on gog or or steam or anything like that so it'd well, be the problem cool. with those ones they were mac games and as far as i remember they they had them That's for true. free on their website like you can actually download all the marathons and stuff for free but they're mac games they were made for power mac 
So the new activities, there are two new activities. There's, what is it, Astral Alignment, I think it's called, the six-player right. match-made one. And Shattered Realm is like your expunge equivalent. So what do you guys think of the six-player match-made one? Uh, besides one. besides it being a little bugged, uh, I think it's... A little... Yeah, well, they had, didn't they had to, they had to disable one of the activities, right? Just because it would it would uh, if someone like left in the middle of it, that it would not be able to be completed. So they've temporarily disabled it. I think um, it's the the scorn one where you have to like stop the basically it's like the public event where you have to stop them from from moot transferring the ether from the the servitors to like the center hub thing. Um, yeah, if someone leaves in the middle of that, it just stops having the servitors spawn those ether, and you can't complete it. Um, so I think they've disabled that temporarily to fix it. Um, but the uh, the battery thing is pretty cool. Uh, enemy density is pretty cool. Uh, it's nice that they didn't just make uh, here collect moats and dunk them uh, type game modes. So I think that that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's cool because it's in the Dreaming City. Uh, the aesthetic for it's really nice. I like that you kind of start in the blind well and then get transported. Um it's cool. It's a fun activity. Uh, hopefully, it'll be fun enough to last for the next uh, six months. But we are gonna get <laughs> we are gonna get like a legendary version of it, I think, because there's like a triumph that says like complete the astral alignment on legend. Oh, so I, cool! I think we're gonna get a hard mm-hmm. mode. I think there's gonna be a few different bosses. I don't know if they're gonna change up like the mechanics from week to week. Like it'll kind of cycle. Um, but uh, tentatively, like it's it's cool. It's different. It, it's six man activities are always kind of fun. So. I, I don't have anything really negative to say about it. I love that they oh, brought back the last week. Go ahead, Rob. Or Robbie. No, uh, I just feel like it's more involved than the other ones. I, I feel like on this one, everybody's trying to do something. And yep. I actually end up resting a lot of people. Right. Uh, whereas the, the last one, like you could literally just stand there and let people do it for you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I that one, just, yeah, it, that's a big plus for me on this one. And uh, again, like it's a seasonal activity, so mostly what I use it for is you know grind materials for the whatever gauntlet. And now the I forget the name of the new artifact thing is uh, the parallax uh, projector currency trajector. Yeah, and also for my bounty. So like yeah, like you say, density of enemies is good. That I yep. think the variety is good. It's not gambit, so that's gonna please a lot of people already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah and uh yeah it, it's funny because uh, like i feel like battlegrounds was like oh here's like a little strike and then uh overrides was like here's a little gambit and then this one is like here's a little public events yeah but i think that's fun like uh, i mean for me at least it, it it seems better than the last few uh even better than yeah i mean from season of the hunt as well i think that one like you could just go in alone and sometimes it felt a bit you know like uh, and and this one seems a bit more involved in general yep yeah i like yeah you like it i like i like it more than override for sure i think override you know I, i think this echoes a lot of sentiments of others is in override you just a lot of times it just didn't feel like you needed to be there like you felt pointless Right. It, it seemed like something someone could easily just solo. It did not need to be a six-person activity. At least in Astral Alignment, like Robbie, you were saying, it is a lot more engaged. I love the battery thing. I think that's yep. a really cool mechanic. I've only played played it once. And no, I like it. I think it's cool. What about um, Shattered Realm? That's yeah, that's that was what I was gonna bring up as well. So Shattered Realm is like a expunge style thing, and it's a story mission, single player activity, you go into the Ascendant Realm and 
you kill stuff, uh, align beacons, stuff like that. I think it's cool. Um, the one thing I like most about it is that high enemy density, right? There's a lot of enemies in this, and a lot of them are really low health. So it is really fun to grab a, a submachine gun or whatever and mow people down. I don't love the slow mechanic that much. Um, I get it's it's interesting, it's different, but I don't think it's very fun to be restricted in movement. But, but it's in a way. I think that's there just for now. Like it's basically time gating uh, places you can't get to because you can it, it forces you to not jump. Yeah, and there's a bunch of places. Like if you actually get to explore, which is the first thing I did. Like, oh, right. there's so many caves and so many places and so many things I can't click on yet. Uh, that it's a bit frustrating in a good way. Uh, in a good way, it, yeah. yeah. it gives you that, uh, like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to whatever's coming up. And, uh, well, I guess the first impression was, like, that's the EDC church. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> right. And that's crazy to think about. Um, like, it, it reminded me a bit of, like, before, uh, again, Season of the Hunt, I guess I'll, I'll pull it out. Like, we're following the crow again, you know, his, his weird footsteps. And then what was he up to back then? And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I like that, that they had like that story element tied to it, too. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, the story is going to be really interesting. Rob, what about you? Do you have thoughts on Shared Realm? Uh, I absolutely love it. And like you were saying, Robbie, I the first thing I did is kind of explored it um, before I even attempted to like align the first beacon. Uh, I do agree that the slow mechanic is kind of frustrating and it prohibits you from exploring a little bit. I do think that it is probably going to be somewhat time gated and hopefully that some of that will go away because it's just a neat area to explore. I mean, that's what made like the Shattered Throne also kind of interesting to explore is just because you have this huge space that's like kind of creepy and mysterious and like what the heck happened and what's going on and um, all the secrets. Like I like that that there's there's stuff to find and discover within the 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 realm uh and it and it makes me want to keep coming back i am not a fan of timed activities so i Same. didn't really like uh expunge a whole lot because it just felt like you were constantly racing against the clock just to get it done whereas this is like no no, no take your time explore see what cool things are here um and yeah the enemy density is a lot more like it's a lot more combat heavy this season uh, so i'm i'm digging that but there's also a you're encouraged to explore because there's those what they call them like the trivial or non-trivial mysteries or whatever um, that yeah. are just kind of like. So I think it's great. I think it's cool. Um, more stuff like this. Yeah, I like that Shadow Realm seems like it has more of a story element to it than Expunge did. Yes. Expunge was barely a story mission. I think this is much more of a story mission, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest difference. I would say that are you're not forced to rush it. And right. that is not going to be like a changing one every week. It's going to be like the same one, but evolving as we find out more and as we unlock more things and unlock more places and caves to go into. So that's a, a pretty neat change. I like yeah. when they give you time to, you know, oh, can I jump on that? Oh, can I, you know, get there? Oh, no, there's an invisible wall over here. Oh, that killed me. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's just fun to mess around in. So, And there's two more to explore, right? Eventually. I think so. Yeah, there's two more. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. What what places do you think there's gonna be? Because there's EDZ, and then I mean, do you think the other two will be other planets? I forget what the names they had were in the Triumphs tab, but EDZ was called like Forest of Echoes or something. Yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be more of the EDZ, just different areas, or yeah, if it's like one of them is going to be on Nessus and one's going to be somewhere else. Like, I'm intrigued. I, I... It'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, what do you guys think of the guns so far? I have not been able to... I haven't played enough of it to mess around with the guns too much, but have you guys played with them at all? Uh, so I've got I've got two two things. One, I'm, this is a gripe. I'm so mad that we didn't get uh, a stasis fusion rifle. I'm I'm, oh, yeah. I'm I'm livid about that. We got another <laughs> hand cannon and another shotgun uh, and a sidearm, but we did not get a stasis fusion rifle yet. So I'm livid about that. But uh, hmm. Lorenz Driver has become my favorite exotic of all time in the last week. Uh, and I don't even have any issue saying that. And I foresee it being my favorite exotic for a very long time. It is broken PvP, and they definitely need to fix the wall hack thing. But uh, it has like elements of like Graviton Lance and um, Arbalist. Arbalist, and I I like linear fusion rifle. Well, I like fusion rifles. Obviously, I if you haven't picked up on that. Um, so I love that it sounds like an old kind of like fifties ray gun, and it has like the little R two D two chirp and then you can pick up the tags and like the aesthetic of it's cool the the actual perk of it is awesome making like the weird like energy field collapse and yeah. like damaging a bunch shots, of it which is what you were talking about earlier like getting rewarded for, for right. getting headshots yeah right i i it is it is my favorite exotic like it's it dethroned jade rabbit like instantly and i'm i'm embarrassed to admit that but not really uh because it is so <laughs> cool I, I I like I'm I cannot get the catalyst done fast enough. Um, like I'm just so excited. So I'm having fun with it. Cool. So Robbie, do you have any um, guns that you have been messing around with that you've been having fun with this season? The new auto rifle that's dropping from drop from Prophecy. I guess it's from back in the day, Trials of the Nine, like the weapons that are dropping from Prophecy. And, I did the first run the first day with my Warlock and they were not there. So I was kind of disappointed, but then they fixed that like two days afterwards, I think. So now it's dropping. And the cool thing about those is that they're farmable. Like you don't get the pinnacle at the end anymore, obviously, but you still get guns. So it's not like Pit of Heresy or or the Shard Throne. You can just do it as many times as, as you want. Uh, but the Aura Rifle, uh, there's a perk for it called Adagio um, that makes it shoot slower after you get a kill right so it turns it from like a 900 to a 600 something like that i, I don't know it just it hits so hard it, it's so stable uh and i'm not like a big auto rifle guy so yeah I, I think maybe that's why it you know pops up in my mind straight away because i've been enjoying that one so much cool cool that's fun i i haven't gotten to mess with a lot of them i'm excited to go into prophecy and get all those trials guns yep i mean one you know, you're saying it's it's really good. Also, too, I think they look really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The aesthetic is amazing. I love it. I think it looks awesome. They also have really cool names. I mean, all Destiny guns have good names, but some of them are neat. I think the hand cannon is called Posterity, right? Yeah, I believe so. Or no, is that Judgment? No, Posterity, that's the DSC one. Oh, that's the DSC one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah it's called uh, Judgment is the... I just embarrassed myself. How dare you? I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Do you guys... What's your guys' favorite perk robbie you said Adagio. yeah i yeah. just talk about the and since you mentioned the names like it's so weird and uh 
I guess we talked about uh, classical instruments a little bit ago. They're they're all called after like uh, classical music movements and the changes. Oh, really? So they're all like in Italian, which uh, uh, speaking Italian, that's been pretty fun for me to hear people say them in like incredibly wrong ways. Uh, oh, I, I, you're totally right. I didn't think about it. Yeah, because there's ensemble, there's ensemble, encore, harmony, harmony encore, yeah. adagio. Yeah, yeah. They're all yeah. like classical music related. Well, That's in general. Right. You know? I totally didn't put, link that together. So cool. They're really fun. Cool. Like, I, I have a feeling that whoever uh, made this it was like thinking way outside the box. And uh, some of them and the combinations that you can get there, they're pretty interesting. Like yeah. I, I feel like they're not overpowered in the way that like yeah someone might still look for the subsistence rampage role on anything and everything, but right. these ones uh, instead of going for like oh we're gonna make this the most overpowered thing you can get they're like we're gonna make something fun for you, and I right. appreciate that. That's pretty cool. I love that. Rob, do you have a favorite perk? On- yeah, there's a hmm. perk that came out on the new stasis weapons called Headstone. Oh, where yeah. a precision final blow spawns a little stasis crystal. And it's funny that it's called Ooh. headstone because it kind of looks like a small headstone pot like spawns out of their, their body. But basically it allows you, if you get a headshot kill, to generate like a little crystal that you can then shatter dive on or shatter. Uh, so it's it's kind of neat. Um, and I know like when they were talking about new stasis perks coming out for some of those legendary weapons, like they 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 said they were going to be reactionary to getting kills. Um, and that hopefully they weren't going to be too game breaking. And something like this seems like kind of in that vein where, yeah, I mean, Shatter Dive is pretty broken still, but um, like having having something like this seems like kind of a neat thing, like especially in PVE where I was running around and like I could generate one of those and then Shatter Dive and it was good for like ad clearing. So it's kind of fun just to play around with. And uh, so it was kind of neat. And in general, a lot of the perks are, uh, these new ones seem pretty cool. Like I haven't gotten anything with Encore yet, uh, which is, but I'm, I, cause I'm, I don't totally get how it works yet, but I, I want to play with it more to understand it better, but I'm, I'm intrigued by that as well. And the, uh, what, what, how do you pronounce it? A Adagio or Adagio? Adagio. Adagio. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that I've gotten a couple of those. Like I have a fusion rifle with it and holy cow, does it, it is noticeably, uh, a lot drawn out of a, of a charge time, but yes. it's kind of, it's a neat perk. It um, works on some things way better than in others, though. Like the, yeah. that uh, hand cannon that you're talking about, uh, Volpecula. Yeah. The, the the problem is that it's on the same column as as uh, Headstone. So, right. But, but try to get one with the Dajo, and it basically turns it from a 180 into a 140. Right. And that's pretty fun for some guns, honestly. Like the way right. you can do that. Um. But yeah, Headstone. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. I can see how PvP people are gonna be mad. <laughs> Oh, totally. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, because my, my stasis build is built around chatter diving the glacier walls, both in PvP and, well, no, actually PvE more so, because I get to, like, regenerate it. Anyways, um, there was one thing I wanted to bring up, just in the, the story thing I thought was cool, in Shattered Realm. At the end, I don't know if it's the same for everybody, at the end of the Shattered Realm I played, uh, Ikora is kind of surprised that all the Taken are like organized and she's like what the heck we killed Coria. shouldn't you know that he cannot be controlled by savathun anymore or whatever and mara says there are greater things in the dark than hive gods ikora and she's like the black fleet has a bunch of power or something she's she says orcs did not invent the taken he merely borrowed them and that oh. 
was kind of a big deal, actually. Because yeah. I didn't really think about that. The only thing we know about the Taken is that the origins of the Taken is that uh, Oryx got the ability from killing a hive worm god. Other than that, yeah. So that's interesting. And it's also interesting that Mara has not decided to enlighten us with this information until now. Right. Yeah, she is She is spoon-feeding us information. She is, um, as she does. Yes. Which is cool. Yeah. I, uh, I'm definitely intrigued by some of those kind of comments where it's like, all right, well then what else, what else exists out in like out in the void? Like what, what other, what other stuff has she seen Yeah, and, and knows about and, and we're like our peon brains can't even comprehend yet. <laughs> um, so I, I'm totally excited to see where all of this goes. Me too. Me too. It'll be interesting. Um, so last thing I think we should talk about is just briefly, we'll talk about, um, our experiences with crossplay. I know Rob, you were talking about how crossplay has some, some bugs. Yeah. Yeah. So I, sorry, go for it. You can go with Robbie. Oh yeah. I didn't understand which one. (laughs) It's confusing when there's two Robs. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Rob. Uh, yeah. So I, I played the first day on PC, um, and as, some PC players are aware that there's some interesting kind of bugs and issues related to, I think, BattleEye. Um, my game crashed on me like three or four times the first day. Um, and so I decided, and I had also seen that a few people were posting that they had gotten bans through BattleEye. I know that like they're, they're being monitored and worked out and, and all that. So uh, once I saw that, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to not play on PC for a while. So I decided to play, uh, I'm playing on console now. Um, but uh, in that time, I did dabble a little bit with um, crossplay, uh, and it it works ish. Um, once you actually get, like find people in LFG, it works great. Um, but definitely, there's some kind of interesting things like that first day, um, like you couldn't use like join uh, Steam codes or anything like that, um, which is a little frustrating because like in the clan that I'm in, that's kind of like the main way that we kind of bounce back and forth although we're also friends at this point. So it's, you know, it's not too much of a hindrance, Um, but trying to find random groups made it a little frustrating and difficult a few times. Um, But like I said, once you're in a game, no problems at all. It's great. I didn't notice any like bugs or lag or like delays or any like actual functional issues. Uh, It's just that kind of getting things going felt like it took a little bit longer. Um, And then, so now that I've been playing on console, uh, I've noticed that, uh, and we were kind of talking about this uh, when we were first talking about crossplay and some of our concerns and excitements and things that we were looking forward to. And our our fears had kind of become a reality of there's already kind of like exclusivity where because the communication and chat doesn't work, uh, that people are resorting to basically like, oh, you can only play if you've got Discord or uh, we're looking for, you know, PlayStation only because we want to use the PSN chat or xbox only because we want to use the party chat in there so unfortunately you have this ability and in certain activities it's not an issue like if you're just trying to do nightfalls you don't necessarily need to have communication but if you're trying to do something like a raid that requires communication it is unfortunately segregated based on platform in a lot of instances so that's been my experience but like i said once it actually goes and gets going not a problem at all Functionally, it works great. It's just they have some bugs to work out. And that's uh, to be expected. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Robbie, what about you? Do you have similar experiences? Yeah, definitely. We talked about the, you know, voice chat. And the one thing, I, I don't know if you mentioned it, but it doesn't even work at all. Right. Like the in-game voice chat once you do crossplay, because at some some point, okay, we tried, we we did a bolt of glass, and we were like, okay, we'll get two or three people just to try out the crossplay. So we got a guy from from PC, and uh, and we you told him like, you probably have the Xbox app on your PC, can you use that instead of Discord? Uh, he refused and left. And then uh, we tried to, you know, everybody use Discord, and uh, then we got someone from Xbox, and and we told them, all right, can, can you get on Discord? And they were like, eh, no, and left. So <laughs> it's like no, nothing that we try would please everybody at the same time. So yeah, we, we resorted to doing Xbox only because like at some point we even thought, okay, let's just do in-game voice chat. I know it, it kind of sucks and, and it cuts out and everything, but let's just do that. Uh, nope, it doesn't work at all. There, there's no, no audio coming from anybody. It just doesn't work. So I thought it was going to be bad. I, but I thought it was going to be there. So uh, <laughs> that was a surprise. Uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest issue. Uh, on Crucible, though, like I was uh, kind of pleased that I've been seeing a lot of PS exclusive emblems um, that I, you know, I've never seen before playing on an Xbox. But yeah, the loot pool on, on Crucible for console seems to have widened a lot. Like yeah. a lot of skilled players that I, I, I think, it, I don't know how, but it feels like a bit refreshing like to play Crucible lately. Like, it, it's fun. Is everybody lumped in together? Uh, all like, console is, and you can opt in for PC if you want on console. And Stadia. Okay. Stadia and is a serious console. Stadia. The five yeah. people that play on Stadia. Hey, there's I, at least... I, I encounter so many of them in the tower. <laughs> it's it's amazing how many Stadia players there are. Um, really? Yeah, for some reason, I've seen like a lot of Stadia people in the tower. Uh, or maybe there's so few that they just get thrown in with us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, the only way for us to play uh, with PC is if we have someone on PC already in our party, like in our fire team. Then it throws us into the you know general PC um, matchmaking. But if we're only Xbox people, it will throw us in against you know PlayStation, Stadia, and other Xbox players. Yeah, price Stadia even exists at this point. Like, is it not going to get like sunset, if you will? Like, Stadia servers. Yeah, is that? How uh, that I don't think so because. Um... If you remember at one point, I think in one of their TWABs or they just did kind of one of their like one of their address state of the unions, if you will. Bungie was saying that Stadia has actually been incredibly helpful for them for them this work from home um, because they're able to do pretty quick turnarounds in terms of like doing build tests uh, on Stadia. And it's a way that they can all jump in and play together and try it out, like I said, in a rather quick turnaround. So I almost think that Stadia is being used more as like a developmental tool on their side than it actually is being used in terms of like players. So I'm assuming that they either probably huh. had to buy into like server space to to use it. Um, but it sounds like Bungie actually is benefiting more uh, from the use of Stadia than actual like people are that use Stadia, which is unfortunate, <laughs> but it's cool that it does have a utility. Yeah, so I think they uh, I think they actually use it internally because of how powerful it can be kind of from that aspect. Wow. That's pretty neat. I didn't realize that. Good for Stadia. 
<laughs> yeah. Servant of purpose. Proud of it. Anyways. I don't know what trials feels like, which uh, is going to be interesting for them. Yeah, so there's an article from last June that says Google Stadia enabled Bungie to playtest Destiny 2 during COVID. Yeah, so they've... Oh, they've, okay. They've, yeah, they've actually... That's huge. Yeah, so using Stadia and a work-from-home transfer seemed like the easiest thing we could have done, and the fact that we already had our game stood up on the platform made it kind of a no-brainer and start looking into that. Yeah, and on Stadia, we can publish a build in a way that all of the instances we use automatically to get the build distributed to them at the same time, we're able to easily get a pool of up to 300 instances or so with the game ready to play of the click of a button, which is fantastic. You can't do that any other way when we're running a big studio playtest like that. So it actually helps them in terms of like the development turnaround. Yeah, because um, you just update the server. You don't have exactly. to update the clients. Exactly. <laughs> so even if no one plays it, they're playing it because it's helpful for them. <laughs> free free testers free game testers yeah i mean maybe there's a new future for stadia in that sense for other games yeah and just becomes purely a playtesting software wouldn't, wouldn't that be funny yeah like it, they still support people like outside of it using it but no one ever does but it ends up being such a powerful tool for studios that yeah it, it turns into a tool for them <laughs> so funny Anyways, I think that's about about the end here. Yeah, we went Thank for like two hours. <laughs> we went pretty long, so yeah, this is gonna there's be so much to talk about. I think we'll uh, you know take it in uh, bite size for the next ones. Hopefully, more yeah. stuff yeah. to come. We're gonna oh, continue yeah. talking about everything we just talked about here in the future episodes. I'm sure. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Robbie, Robbie, for joining us. We'll left um, after the first topic. If you guys didn't realize, and um, we'll see you guys next week. Woo! Ciao. Questions, comments, or something else you want to say? Email us at eventideradio at gmail.com or get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found in our podcast description. 